find a seconder usually when I propose this, but I don't care. I don't need a seconder. My own opinion is enough for me, and I claim the right to have it defended against any consensus, any majority, anywhere, any place, any time. And anyone who disagrees with this, can pick a number, get online, and kiss my hand. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services provided by other lawyers. You found the Backstory Podcast. I'm Harry Steele, Backwood Southern Lawyer. I got my partners with me today, Paul Rip of the Rip Report. How are things in Fairhope, Mr. Rip? Oh, hot as usual, hot at the council meeting, but we'll get into that in just a little bit. Rains, how are, how are things in Texas, man? I heard it was a bunch of rain out there again. Yeah, man, we got a little weather, but, you know, just like everything else, it's here one day, gone the next. I hear you. Um, so let's do some COVID numbers real quick. You saw where, uh, Tuscaloosa was up 100%. Montgomery was now having to send patients to, uh, Birmingham. That was on the CBS news last night. And, uh, some are predicting a spike in Alabama between June 3rd and 6th because of the extended population that we've had down here from uh, tourists. Yeah. So, Mr. Rip, remember what we talked about last week? Right. How about that number right there? Wow. 639. 591. It's going up, up, up. Baldwin County, 281 yeah. cases. I think this next, yeah, I think this next couple of weeks is going to be uh, quite telling. All right, one more on COVID, and we will move on. Um, an interesting thing that happened this week, Paul, the, um, the CDC came out and said that, well, maybe these antibody tests aren't all they're cracked up to be. Have you heard? Did you read that? 50-50 on the antibody test, right? So, um, yep. uh, $5,851,000. What's the U.S. number, Paul? Uh, I think it's like 101,000, maybe a little yeah, bit more 101,000 deaths. All right. Well... That's enough of enough of COVID. So let's get to the meat of the podcast, gentlemen. The bully pulpit. All right. What do you know about the bully pulpit, Reigns? Well, that's where you get up and speak your piece. Well, so historically, uh, this this term was coined by Theodore Roosevelt. And when he said bully pulpit, bully did not mean what it, that, that term has not weathered time very well. Um, back in his day, bully meant the best or right. the most desirable. Um, certainly not what it means today. So is everybody familiar with uh, Joe Scarborough? Absolutely. Harry, tell us, tell us and our viewers who Joe Scarborough is. All right. So 
so Joe Scarborough was so in this little this little uh, th this is from our weather we had uh, right here's Baymanet we had a tornado come through the other day and uh, you see right here's Pensacola uh, Joe right. Scarborough Joe Scarborough is essentially from here all right and, and you see this right here Paul he's a yeah. Republican who served in Congress. See how young he is in this picture? It's hilarious. Right. So uh, anyway, here, here's the president's tweet that started this whole storm, or not started it, but uh, that he put out on May 4th. Comcast, which is the owner of MSNBC, Comcast, should open up a long overdue cold case against psycho Joe Scarborough. I know him and crazy Mika well. Now remember, Mika's father was... How many administrations did he serve? Um, Three or four level. So he used them beautifully in the last election, dumped them nicely. Now, doesn't that sound like a guy talking about some some person, some some lady he used? I mean, there's it does, a, it does not sound like to that. It doesn't sound like anything the president of the United States would say. And we'll state on the record that he is nuts. Besides bad ratings, hashtag open Joe cold case. Okay. So this, and, and here's the appalling thing. Um, this lady, Lori Kalutis was worked in his office here in Pensacola. Joe Scarborough was in DC. She had an appointment set to meet with some people about an immigration issue. The people showed up and found her laying dead on the floor. The medical examiner looked at her, found a, Def, uh, undiagnosed heart defect. She fell and hit her head on the desk, which was really, I mean, it wasn't the cause, the blow to the head wasn't the cause of death. It was the, the heart condition. So anyhow, um, her husband sent a heartfelt letter to Jack Dorsey. Do you know who he is, Paul? Uh, I know who Jack Dorsey is, and, and I heard the letter. It Twitter. Was Chief Executive Officer on May twenty first. CEO. So, so the so the long story short is, nearly nineteen years ago, my wife, who had an un, undiagnosed heart condition, fell and hit her head on her desk at work. She was found the next morning. Her name is uh, uh, Lori K. Kalutis, and she was twenty eight years old when she died. Her passing is the single most painful thing that I've ever had to deal with in my fifty two years, and commit and continues to haunt her parents and her sister. I have more my wife every day since her passing. You can just imagine how this goes on. So he puts these tweets in the letter and concludes with, my request is simple. Please delete these tweets. As a research engineer and not a lawyer, not a lawyer but I've re reviewed a lot of your terms of service and uh, Twitter's uh, rules of use. The president's tweet suggests that Lori was murdered without any evidence to the contrary or official autopsy. It's a violation of Twitter's community rules in terms of service. An ordinary user like me banished from the platform for much less. Anyway, he's pleading with them to please take these tweets down. Right. Just unbelievable. So um, in response to this, the president then, um, and I, I've shared this. I'm not going to go into all of it, but... Uh, Anyway, the, the president issued an executive order on preventing online censorship. Now, I agree. Social media, just like the platforms we use, are the new public square. 
and censorship should be limited. But if somebody's saying something that's not true, and everybody knows it's not true, including Twitter, I see no problem with them flagging it and just saying, hey, you might want to look into this a little further. And I wouldn't mind them doing that to our content. Absolutely. We, we typically show our articles that we use, but uh, I'm not going to read this in the, the entire executive order. But, you know, just starting right here, free speech is the bedrock of American democracy. It is. But the way the way that this is being been is really unbelievable. It's not unbelievable if you stand back and think about it. We have a couple of factors at play here. One, we have a sitting U.S. president who has absolutely no fathoming concept of how the Constitution works. None whatsoever. And we have a sitting president that only cares about themselves and their own self-image. There is a disgraceful piece of garbage in the White House. And they are, and he is doing everything that is within his power, which is substantial, to keep himself from looking bad. I'll tell you this right now. I've had this conversation so many times that this is likely the last time I'm going to have it. People ask me, well, why do why does the press treat the president so badly? Why does uh, Twitter tweet the president so badly? And my answer is very simple. If the sitting president of the United States was not a complete bag of corpulent shit, nobody would treat him that way. Everybody loved Nixon until Nixon committed a crime and then the press raked him over the coals. Everybody loved Reagan till Reagan's White House office got caught up in an illegal arms deal in Central America. If you do messed up things, they're going to say messed up stuff about you. If the president doesn't want to be painted in a terrible picture, he needs to stop being a terrible president. That's it. All right. Mute your mics, boys. <laughs> All right. Wait a minute. All right. Your second question was, I couldn't hear you. The can, second, you can you take it up because I cannot hear I'll, you? I'll just speak louder, sir. Oh, this, okay, because you want to be politically correct. Go ahead. No, sir, I just want to wear go the ahead, mask. Go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the second question was about your tweets about the, the woman who died, who you're suggesting that Joe Scarborough was responsible. Yeah, a lot of people suggest that. And uh, hopefully someday people are going to find out. It's certainly a very suspicious situation, very sad. Very sad and very suspicious. Uh, question, please? asked you not to tweet, tweet ahead, about please, it anymore, go. sir. Mr. President, though, have you seen the letter that was written uh, by her husband begging Twitter to, to delete your tweets, talking about how hard it's been for his family, for him yeah, to I deal have, with but that? but I'm sure that ultimately they want to get to the bottom of it, and it's a very serious situation. I also saw a uh, clip with, uh, with Joe and Imus uh, where they were having a lot of fun at her expense, and I thought it was totally inappropriate. No, it's a very suspicious thing, and uh, I hope somebody gets to the bottom of it. It'll be a very good thing. As you know, there's no statute of limitations. So it would be a very good, uh, very good thing to do. Okay. I've really got nothing to say to that. That is just another example of a president, of this person being so incredibly terrified of losing this landslide in a of losing this election in a landslide to someone who is such a political non-sequitur like Joe Biden that he is willing to stoop to anything 
and pander to any audience to try to make sure that he still gets votes. And that's exactly what that is. It is revolting. It is sickening. And damn it, I'll fight anybody that says otherwise. Well, her husband's not happy about it. The family's not happy about it. I, I you know, I don't. Joe Scarborough's a big boy with piles of money. And if Don Imus was, was alive, they'd have to put a mute on his microphone. He'd be screaming into it so loud against the president talking that way about it. All right, Paul, give me an intro to the RIP report. Speaking of bullies, I think Paul is still muted. He'll be back any second now. We may have to do it without him. I hate that. Give us the short of it. Well, the short of it is Paul went to the meeting last night, and it is a barn burner, hoot nanny. I don't know how to say it. I mean, you're just going to have to watch it rains. Uh, what, what meeting did he attend last night? The Fairhope City Council. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, let's have a look at it. Hang so, on. So, uh, mute your mic. Francis Rip two two nine eight five High Ridge Road, representing the Rip Report. Um, glad to see public participation is back. Um, I didn't see anywhere else in the state where they barred it from any meetings. Usually, they canceled the meeting entirely. Um, as far as the pandemic goes, I hope everybody realizes that we're up. Alabama's up fifty percent tonight at five thirty on CBS News. Uh, Mayor Maddox said that they were up 100% tonight, again, on the same news station. Montgomery said that they now cannot take any more ICU patients. They're sending them to um, Birmingham. And there are people predicting a spike between June 3rd and June 6th because of the overflow crowds that we've had for the last couple of weeks. So I hope you keep that in mind. Um, you know, I don't understand why council president has to be the one to negotiate all these things all the time when we have a lawyer and a banker. Seems like you guys would share some of this negotiation. And the last negotiation was a recreational property where we went from a surplus of money to now a deficit. Of course, we couldn't foresee the pandemic, but that's part of being, you know, in, in, in this business. The one thing I want to talk about mostly tonight is the Paula Donardi case and McSherry. Uh, now this with McSherry has been going on for over 10 years. I've advocated for three different people in the McSherry case. And Mr. McSherry is a public nuisance. This has been going on 10 years. He has an established police record. He's also a green card holder for Christ's sakes. This council owes it to Ms. Donardi uh, some sort of explanation or you're going to find yourself sued. And the other thing is, I've come to numerous meetings where when you give an ABC license, you ask the police chief or you ask the police, are there any comments? Is there any reason this person shouldn't have that license? What's going on here? 
This has been going on 10 years. Is this how we treat women? This is on video. And then we failed, Mr. McDowell, failed from the beginning to the end on this thing, and the assault charge is supposed to go away. I find it interesting that the assault charge is going to go away when the assault charge would have taken away his license. Now we're being told that the intoxication charge is the same sentence, so it would be the same thing, and we don't have to charge him for the assault. This woman's got $6,507,000 worth of medical bills that were presented to the city immediately. And nothing's happened. So now the citizens of this community expect that the municipal judge, the circuit judge, the municipal attorney, everybody erred in this to where Mr. McSherry walks. I can tell you right now, 10 years ago when I started this and it was McSherry, I told him, I said, he'll do it again. And he did. And then it was Nall. And I said, watch, he'll do it again. And he did. And now it's Paula Donardi. And in between there, he did it four or five times where he walked out or citizens didn't press charges. I think you're in a very bad position, and this looks horribly bad. I think the council should take some sort of action on this. Every one of these charges with McSherry are alcohol-related. Every single one. And everyone except Nall involves a woman. Don't tell me we can't do better than this. This is you. This is the council. This is on you. You can do something about this. And you should. I hope that you will read Untimely Filed in the Lanyap and that you've been following this case in the Lanyap because they are printing some very, very disturbing facts in here. We're not hearing anything from anybody as a justification or explanation of what went on. Also hope you read the, the straw man series in Lanyap because you'll see some of my future allegations starting to pop up by other people in court involving members of the council. On the McSherry case, you need to do something. This is not right, it's not fair, it's not justice, and it's a very, very bad look as to how we treat women in this town. And it's on video, for Christ's sakes. I'm going to add to that and be on record that I did ask uh, Marcus, our city attorney, to recuse himself from this case because his firm uh, dropped the ball on it uh, with his wife, and I knew it was going to happen, and here we are today. It's, it is absolutely deplorable. There is no excuse for it, and we have to do better. There's no excuse for it. Did you want to make some comments, yeah, Mr. McDowell? Both to the mayor and to uh, Mr. Rip, I, I, I could explain criminal procedure and criminal law to you, but uh, to be honest with you, I can't make you ever understand it because you don't want to. It's a political issue for both of you, and uh, there, are, there are criminal issues that are still proceeding against Mr. McSherry. Rule 15.1 Alabama Rules of Criminal Procedure <coughs> allow us to refile this. We plan on refiling it. Out of the 60, 70,000 cases 
that I've dealt with over the last 10 to 12 years in this city, I have never drafted or authored one complaint, not one. It is not my job to do it. I did not do it in this case. I you missed the deadline. Mayor, I'm talking. You missed the deadline. No, Mayor, that's not right. Yes, I, you did. I dismissed the appeal because it is quicker to get this case to trial if we go back and refile it as a new complaint. The rules of criminal procedure, again, I told you, I can explain. No, you haven't told me anything because you don't talk to me. I just said that to you. I can tell you that. I will never make you understand it because you don't want to understand it. Okay? You anyway, always tell me I don't understand something and it is the most ridiculous ahead. thing ever because I have other attorneys looking at this and they know that what is going on is wrong. You hadn't talked to an attorney that knows anything about rules and where Oh really? Yeah, that's right. So are you saying that Matt McDonald doesn't understand the rules? Okay. Can he finish? It doesn't matter. He absolutely knows what happened here. Okay. I would like to hear the rest of what, what the attorney has to say about this. I mean, he was attacked. I want to hear the defense. In that case, we tried the defendant in the case. He was convicted in this court in a trial. He then appealed it. A judge dismissed the case. We appealed that. Based on a COVID order, we had a time frame to appeal the case that was extended to April 20th. We filed our appeal on the 17th. There was a subsequent COVID order that said there was non-jurisdictional issues that were not included in the original COVID order. And so we elected to dismiss our appeal. We then moved, we are now going to move to refile the complaint pursuant to rule, I believe it's 15.1, that allows us to do that. It told us the statute of limitations. That case will be retried here. That is a much quicker venue for the victim and for the witnesses in this case than going back and issuing a year and a half, two-year appeal process and then coming back and have to try it. So it's just specious. And just you, you don't know what you're talking about, and you don't. I absolutely know, know what I'm talking about this on this. And you know what? I asked for you, a, a full report on this, I, and I Matt asked you to. I just let you speak. I I'm going. I'm I am going to speak I, 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 too. Okay. I'll let you get a chance, but can he please finish? He I don't. He hasn't finished yet. Yeah. This case, the old cases were were consolidated, and they were. Told and we talked to the victim in the case who moved out of state. Your complaints about how it was screwed up was no, nothing to do with us, nothing to do with me. The was victim wasn't called, and I verified with you know, Tut that she should have been called. Second. I, I'm going to say something um, here. Then do it after the meeting, Mayor. This, you're holding this, this up, and we don't, we don't agree with anything well, you're saying, so wait. And all you've got to do is interrupt this gentleman. You will not let him speak. the whole I time. I make a motion we adjourn this meeting. That's fine. I'll continue have a motion. video have a second. second. All those in favor, say aye. 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 Opposed, got, say nay. You guys do a lot of shouting at women. Yes, they do. All side segue step was one of the most brilliant public speaking moves I've seen in months that was awesome well done sir and your uh -huh. punctuation at the end of that meeting you guys sure do a lot of shouting at women absolutely and completely on point let me weigh in on this i have an unpopular opinion 
But due process works both ways. Nobody ever wants to hear that. Due process works both ways, and I completely can get my head around delays, wanting to make sure things that all the ducks are in a row and everything else, because in our legal system, due process works both ways. Thank God. It doesn't favor either or. And so I can understand that. But what better way to communicate that your office is doing everything it can to prosecute this case to the fullest extent of the law? What better way to do that than just say that's what you're doing instead of arguing and belaboring the point with the female mayor? And saying over and over, I bought my son a T-shirt last year that says, I can explain it to you, but I can't make you understand it. You're not going to sit here and tell me that that's not meant to be condescending. I bought a T-shirt because I knew it was condescending and I wanted my son to be able to wear it because he's smarter than about 95% of the kids in his class. And he deals with that all the time. And yes, I'm raising a jerk. Whatever. It's it's rough being an insufferable know-it-all. That's and true. You, you have to be now, careful not to mansplain. When that's you, exactly when right. And why not just say, "Look, we are doing everything in pop that every possible avenue of prosecuting this case is being pursued. We are after it. We are hammered down on this case. It's a red ball. We're going after it viciously because this man needs to be prosecuted." He could have said that. But that's not what he means. What he's talking about is the excuses and the political maneuvering that a city attorney's making because, much like the chimpanzee that's in office right now, the Fairhope City Council is more concerned with how they look than how they perform. Well, the uh, and and Mr. McDowell was doing nothing but playing the violin because it's not as if he dropped the ball one time. This has been from the very onset, from the very, very beginning, when uh, Denardi was supposed to show up for court the first time. I think she went three times before she actually ended up in court, was never notified. And him That's saying not that true, he did I went with her the third time, I believe. Third time. Fourth. The fourth time they actually had a trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and uh, the thing that, that, that gets me is, Reigns, you know, I'm there. I'm speaking with the council. I'm telling them that the way that they treat women, you know, is not acceptable. And within five minutes after telling them that, Mr. Boone jumps up. Of course, I know that that straw man thing stuck him in the rear end. <laughs> but, you know, so be it. Yes, That's it what, and, and for those that are listening, Mr. Boone, uh, also known as Boone LLC, uh, is Kevin Boone, who is Scott Boone's father. And Scott Boone is the one that is running Catalyst. And now some of the same, as we all know, but you're going to see in a minute, some of the same Catalyst players are now popping up in the straw man case. And uh, this is the link that we've been trying to tell people in Baldwin County that this, these Catalyst people are all linked up together. Every one of them. Uh, all right. Can we, can, can we get on to, uh, I want to talk about another bully in my life. All right. 
Um, and I'm well, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, Harry. Yeah. You're going to switch off to that. Let me just tell everybody. Oh, we're, not, we're coming back to Catalyst. We're far from done with Catalyst. Okay. Well, no, I just meant that I wanted to go to the, the ripreport.com or the rip report Facebook and they can see it again yes. and uh, get updated on what we were doing there. Pursuant to rule 37 of the Alabama rules of judicial administration, I would like to take this opportunity to address the courthouse security committee of Baldwin County, Alabama. Today, upon arriving at the Baldwin County courthouse in Baymanette at the appointed time, to represent my client in front of Judge Norton, I was detained at the doors of the courthouse yet again and told that my security pass had been suspended by the sheriff. As you will recall, he was allowed by this committee to suspend my security pass in September of last year for more than 100 days. This was shortly after an expose podcast related to the death of one of his confidential informants. The only recorded case of suicide by seatbelt whilst a passenger in a moving car in the history of the world. This suspension was allowed to stand without a hearing or was otherwise acquiesced to by this committee or some members thereof. Today I was told that my suspicious activity at the courthouse on Friday, May 22nd was the reason for the suspension. I was interrogated about pictures that I allegedly took while in the courthouse that day. I responded that it was none of their business what I may have taken photos of while in my county courthouse. I am aware of the rules and have not violated any. After my hearing today, I went to the sheriff's office to get noti notification of the suspension in writing. I was asked again about the photos which I took, and I repeated my retort. Let me be clear. I do not work for the sheriff of Baldwin County. He works for me. The courthouse is where I make my living. Huey Mack is playing politics with that. Every single member of this committee knows me personally. Many of you have known me my entire life, and you know that this is a preposterous notion that the sheriff is playing at. The idea that a man who has lived in his, his entire life building up his good name could have his reputation destroyed by a funeral home director. Please do not let this stand. Presiding Circuit Judge Scott Taylor, Presiding District Judge Michelle Thomason, Probate Judge Harry Doleve, Circuit Clerk Jody Wise, District Attorney Robert Wilters, and County Commissioner Jeb Ball, I'm asking you to reverse this action immediately. Here are the photos that I've taken over the last 12 months in the courthouses in Baldwin County and the ones that I took on May 22, 2020. My reason for taking these two pictures inside the courthouse was to demonstrate how ridiculous it was that the sheriff refused to enforce the state health officer's order two weeks ago. I represented my client, Mr. Paul Ripp, in seeking a writ of mandamus against the sheriff related to his actions. The photos demonstrate that he must have completely reversed his position because you can't get inside the courthouse without an appointment and social distancing is taken very seriously indeed inside the courthouse. Red tape, literally. Many of our, 
of our venerable judges and elected officials are my grandfathers. I took a photo of Cornelius Byrne to run him through Ancestry to see if he was a grandfather or a great uncle. I took a photo of a Civil War battlefield to research the piece later. I took a photo of the wall in the Fairhope Satellite Courthouse's legislative office. I don't care for Chris Elliott and thought that the caricature of him was funny. So please reinstate my security pass. I have no nefarious intentions, and I have never asked any more of our elected officials than that they take their responsibilities seriously and do their jobs. I hope you will do so in this case. Thank you for your time and your service. Well, most of those people on that committee, except for two that I know of, um, Deolov and uh, Jody Wise, are not catalysts. So, um, you want to talk about that real quick? Um, yeah. we, we have a list of catalyst expenditures from the Secretary of State's office. Now, these as of when? Uh, it's got the date on it. Uh, 2019, going backwards on this one. Yeah. 2018. And you see uh, number one up here is Tucker Dorsey. We got the usual suspects. Matt Simpson, Jeb Ball, James Ball. Um, Michelle Thomason, she's on the committee. Uh, Sheriff Mack, I, I don't know why people who are running unopposed are getting money, but anyway, uh, let's see here. Uh, J judge Wilters, who's our district attorney, and then, of course, our presiding Judge Taylor. So I sent this video message to Judge Taylor. Uh, it, was a, it was private until they responded. I had no intentions of ever showing that to anybody. Um, but the response was that the sheriff is in charge of courthouse security and they don't have any authority to overrule him. Now, let me tell you how I know this is wrong. When I was the county administrator in Edel, uh, Connecticut County, I was on the, on the courthouse security committee because I was the county administrator. And when I was in Etowah County, I was on that committee as well because I was the chief executive officer for the county commission. Now, we, I got sued by the sheriff of Etowah County under a writ of mandamus demanding that I turn money over to him. Anyway, long story, but the sheriff cannot dictate things that cause the legislature, the legislative body, the county, to spend money. He doesn't have that authority. He can only spend That's the correct. money they give him. So what I'm saying is, is they don't understand the implication quite yet of what Judge Taylor just said. And it's going to come back to haunt the county commission for years. So, Paul, let's move on to the juicy. Um, the straw man case. Bass Enterprises and Philip Wayne Bass versus Pinstar and multiple defendants. Um, I'm going to let you take it from there, okay? I have to be <laughs> Okay, sure. Um I don't know how many people have been following this. Lanyap has been doing a bang up job on it. One thing they've done as well is uh, they've made this a file. So you can uh, go to the Lanyap article uh, on the straw man, the, the latest one. And down at the bottom, you'll see where you can link to the uh, entire file of all of the articles. But uh, 
this latest thing that we've got our hands on is a uh, a revision to the JIC complaint. Correct, Harry? Yes, it was an addendum to the original judicial inquiry complaint that they filed with the judicial inquiry commission. Right, and I I have never met uh, what what is Miss uh, Bass's first name? Boots Bass. Boots. I have never met Boots, but I tell you what, I take my hat off to her because she has done, or somebody has done, an extensive amount of research. Whoever this PI is, I want their number. Yeah, because this is a tremendous amount of work, and she's done one thing that I never was able to truly accomplish, and that was to do a graph like she has that you're looking at here. This is what I guess you'd call a spider graph. And uh, it is very, very interesting because the two most prominent names I see jump out there immediately are Scott Boone and Kevin Boone. And Mr. Kevin Boone is the one that I made uh, earlier allegations, had LLCs with John Avant who used to be with Preble Rich, and you see all these people in here. These are the people that are doing the developing and everything. We never see them, never hear their names that much, but they're the ones affecting it all. But when you look at the totality of the names on this list that are all connected to Judge Norton in this case, then you wonder why Judge Norton ever took this case. He should have never even been sitting on this case. Uh, but what I think happened was they did not expect that this type of research was going to be turned up. Now, I am not, I am very pessimistic that the complaint will get any um, action from the judiciary simply because I've never seen any of them work. But this is, this is something that we are going to follow up on people because now we have these spider graphs. What we're going to do is overlay the catalyst people that we know of that are involved. And you will see what we've been talking about all this time about how this is connected throughout the entire county. One group, and they are bold enough to mention that they're a catalyst and they work together. And it's the same thing with on the committee, the security committee, Gary, if the sheriff says we're going to do this, they're all going to jump on the sheriff's side, no matter what. And here you have a judge that's relinquishing any authority to the sheriff in the courthouse. That's that's, I don't understand that the sheriff is the sheriff. He's also a funeral uh, homeowner. I kind of like that title better. But uh, so, what's the sheriff going to do when he's not the sheriff anymore? He's, he's going go go to the, the funeral home. go back to the funeral I'm not home. Out of school, and I'm not trying to be derogatory to the man. That's what he does for a living. Right, right, right. But the last two elections, uh, you know, this is the other thing you brought up. You just briefly went over was. You look at these donations and you see, like uh, Judge Wilters, when he was running for district attorney, he's out getting money for a campaign. Who the hell is he running against? He wasn't running against anybody. Same thing with Hoss Mack. And you're thinking, wait a minute. 
why the hell am I giving you money if you are not running against anyone else? I mean, called payoffs. Thank you, Reigns. I was waiting on you to chime in there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this straw man case has some very, very, very serious implications. You are looking at, you are looking at first class fraud and corruption. This is the thing that you very rarely get to put your eyes on and understand how it worked. And it's all linked. This Bass case is all linked to the same catalyst people. Now, to get really particular about the, the case itself, what is the most disturbing about the uh, case is that this is involving Baldwin County sewer. Now, the county commission already knows, as well as anybody that's read the straw man, that the straw man was Tucker Dorsey. Tucker Dorsey was our county commissioner who lied to us from day one that he had anything to do with Baldwin County sewer. Not only did he have anything to do with it, he was the straw man. He was the guy that they used as a front man to, to, to dupe uh, Mr. Bass. Hey, do you think it's interesting that the same day they gave they gave Dorsey money, they gave Mac money? Oh, no. No. Uh, I just, I would just love for, you know, I don't know if uh, the, anybody watches this podcast that has any authority or anything, but, you know, when I see... Hey, hey, hey of, hold on a second. Check this out. What? AG Steve Marshall. Yeah. Just making sure, just so long as you weren't talking to him, Paul. Yeah. Because that ain't going to happen. Yeah. So, Mr. Marshall, our attorney general, is on the catalyst list. Right? Well, I'm looking at it. Well, how much is it? I can't read it on mine. I don't know. It's not much. $2,500. $2,500 is $2,500. He's an attorney general. We're complaining about catalysts. You think we're going to get a complaint answered from him? By the way, folks, I wrote all those letters, three of them to the attorney general, the white collar section, and the FBI investigators, as well as the FBI in Mobile. Not one letter did I get back, Reigns. Not one. Not even well, saying I, they received them or anything. I can believe that, Paul, because you can explain it to them, but you can't make them understand it. Right, right, right. But... This case, uh, uh, again, I, I have to take my hats off to Boots or whoever did this research. Uh, this is going to sting. I think the county commission needs to really look at uh, sewer regulations and take away the, uh, uh, this leverage that Baldwin County sewer seems to have over the whole county. Uh, we're looking at fraud. We're looking at uh, corrupt county commissioners and everybody's going to turn a blind eye to it. Come on, we can do better than this. Right. I'm, I'm not hopeful. I'm not hopeful at all. I am. You keep beating them. You keep on and on and on. That's right. If, 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 if somebody like me and I, and I'm not saying I'm anybody, but, but you understand what I'm saying. If somebody like me, can be targeted by a, a group like this and their reputation destroyed. I, you know, Paul, realistically, if you didn't know me 
and you heard about all this stuff going on. So, Reigns, uh, you ever seen uh, that Marky Mark movie uh, where he's uh, a sniper? Like, oh, he, he's playing Paul Rip in a movie. Yeah, the shooter. Yeah, right. the shooter. And so, um, you know, the implication is, is that I'm in the courthouse taking pictures for nefarious reasons because I'm going to do something like that. I mean, I just don't understand. I, I don't understand what the problem is. I know what the rules are. You're not supposed to. For some reason, these judges and the sheriff don't want anybody recording anything in the courthouse that they don't have censorship over. I will they don't have control that. over, absolutely. Right. The court reporter, like in the McSherry case, when I asked them, uh, when I filed a motion to quash because they they subpoenaed, well, attorney-client privilege information between me and Mr. Rip, me and me and Ms. Denardi, and me and the Lanyap newspaper. And um, lo and behold, there, the court reporter was sitting there, but there was no record for me to use for my appeal. So I was forced to file a motion to reconsider, which still hasn't been answered. Um, I'm pretty sure, uh, speaking of rules of civil procedure, I think it's kind of what you call a, a, a cabbage inspection, you know, how the Chinese used to do it. If, if you had some cabbage, they just let it sit on the dock till it burned. So I think, I think it's a pocket veto, so to speak. If the judge doesn't answer in 90 days, it's deemed denied. And I want a hearing. I want a hearing where there is a court reporter there, uh, seeing as nobody else can record anything in the courthouse except the sheriff. And we're going to go back. I, I, I meant to find the video today, um, back during another infamous trial that happened in this courthouse. Do you remember the county commissioner that allegedly killed his girlfriend in Gulf Shores, Angela Downs? Correct. Um, his criminal defense attorney uncovered that the sheriff not only could see what was going on in the courthouse, but was eavesdropping on criminal defense attorneys, potentially. I remember that. And you know what the sheriff said? You have no expectation of privacy in this building. Yeah. Well, Mr. Max it, it be better the, not be a guy taking <laughs> pictures of a picture of your granddaddy or anything else or, or be ready to answer to the sheriff. Now, Reigns, it doesn't take a genius to figure out the writ of mandamus got up the sheriff's rear end, and so he knows I couldn't do it by myself, so he goes after Harry with this chicken shit stuff that he's pulling on the security panel. But I what I told Harry is uh, my soulmate explained it to me the best I could have ever said it, and it is this. Harry is a good old boy that's gone bad. <laughs> he, Perfect. He, that is it. That's exactly what it is. He is ingrained in the community. They know him. He has been there. They never expected him to do anything but say, yes, sir, no, sir, and bend over. And finally, Harry had enough of it and said, you know what? I ain't going to bend over anymore. So now what? Now he's crazy. That's the same crap they pull in divorce court. That's the same crap they pull all the time. They point, oh, they're crazy. No, anything to back it up. So Nothing to back the, it up. The only way that people like people, bullies with authority know how to deal with people is to turn, well, like the sheriff, he won't, he's trying to turn me into a criminal. I'm not a criminal. I'm as law-abiding as anybody can be. I just, I do not understand 
that these other attorneys who are on this committee aren't just jumping up and down. Well, here's they're still good old boys. This well, it's that range, and then there's that segment of attorneys and judges that just sit there and don't say a damn word and they know it's wrong and they're sitting there and they don't say anything. And it's just like the city council of Fairhope, Mr. Robinson and Conyers, both of them sit there sitting on their thumb and never say anything. Well, let me tell you when the other three are doing wrong and you're not calling them out, then you're wrong. And that's the exact exact same thing that's going on here. So let me let me clarify something real quick, Paul. Before, if you will recall, the Friday Thirteenth edition, go down here and check it out. Uh, It's the second podcast we ever did. Was an expose on the confidential informant who somehow they wrapped his whole investigation up and had a press release done in twelve hours. The only person ever hang themselves with a seatbelt while somebody else is driving the car in the history of the world. I couldn't find it. I mean, it's hard to Google something and find nothing, but I did it. Yeah. A, a and this is one, this is one of four officer involved incidents, and three of them, as I understand it, have got lawsuits against the sheriff's department, and one of them, one of them is a humdinger, I tell you. Okay, Paul. So a year uh Last year in September, when my security pass was revoked by the sheriff and I asked for a hearing and they denied me a hearing and they said, no, we're going to let it stand for 90 days. If nothing happens, you know, you'll get your pass back. So a hundred days later, I run into the presiding judge in a restaurant. He says, oh yeah, we were supposed to get your pass back to you. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir. Um, and so, so now because the sheriff has made an issue of me using my electronic devices and somehow violating the rules because I want to answer his damn questions. Um, See, before I was just subject to search, Paul, and I could bring my electronic devices in, but now I'm subject to search and I can't bring my electronic devices in. Can you imagine being stuck in the courthouse all day for a hearing and not having your cell phone? If you're a lawyer or having your laptop, what, you know, this is a law library. That's what this is. It's not an electronic device, and it's it's how I communicate. It's everything about my practice, and I, I just I I don't know I don't know how he expects me to practice law, and I guess he really doesn't give a shit. Well, that's that, that's what a lot of people probably uh, do not understand about lawyers and the courthouse is it's uh, my building. It's my well, courthouse. Yeah. Well, how much is how much you rely on your phone and your computer and uh, that that's your office that you're carrying around. So, you know, to have oh, that as an inconvenience right now and down in Daphne. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's deliberate. It's deliberate. It's retaliation. It's high school retaliation. And uh, it will probably come back to bite the sheriff at a later date. I'll stand on that. I'm not holding my breath. Um, well, I did, I, we don't have time for it this time, but next time the Turkey takedown will be the tax man, Elliot. And I, I promise some fireworks, Paul. I promise. Yeah. Well, nothing would surprise me about Mr. Elliot, Elliot, uh, one of the catalyst, uh, first members, 
And then uh, he's now since tried to divorce him, but he'll never get that stain off of him. Uh, I do hope people, uh, again, I just want to remind people that the RIP Report uh, is a not-for-profit consumer group. We specialize in looking at political corruption. Uh, we represent, have advocated for many people. We don't, do not charge anyone. So uh, when you hear me speaking about, uh, say, Paula Donardi, I am her advocate and I am trying to help her with uh, justice. Go to the RIP report and you can catch up on some of the past issues of Catalyst as well as this case. So a little history, another history note in the history of my family. Uh, my niece is graduating from Baldwin County High School, cum laude. Wow. Yeah. All right, boys and girls. I hope y'all enjoyed this one. Maybe may the last one we do for a while. Um, <laughs> you never know. Um, so anyway, Reigns, I figured the best way to handle this allegation was to just be public about it and to let everybody know and to show them exactly what I took pictures of instead of uh, the sheriff using this to get a warrant to come to my house. And you understand where I'm coming from, right? Calculate yeah. decision oh, yeah. to fold. It was time to fold. Absolutely, and I think it's uh, uh, it's a good thing for it to be a public record like this. Yeah, I think so, too. All right, guys. Well, thank you for your time. Uh, Reigns, I want to know when the fiasco is. Tonight, 10 o'clock. And do you have your special hat? I do want to see it. I'm not going to wear it on the air, Harry, but I don't know if you've noticed the coffee cup I've been drinking from this whole time. <laughs> is that directed at me? And it says Harry on the bottom of it. Did you put that on there or did you buy it like that? <laughs> oh man custom well, built custom built all right guys y'all have a good one paul i will see you later this weekend i hope um and everybody hang in there and uh i'm gonna leave y'all with a little straw man okay had time to deal with these people and meet these people and talk to these people yet we've treated them poorly which i think is i find offensive and i take personally